Ooh, so I'm off for the next two nights, and this bitch is happy as hell, honey, because if you caught the last episode, then you know it's just been so much drama going on at the job, which, truth be told, if I'll be honest with you, like, it's interesting, though. It's, like, really, it's the only place I've, I've ever worked at where there could be so much drama, and it's really it's really understood because tensions be rising. First of all, it because it's the culture of the job. Like I said, anybody that I feel work for any... Certain jobs just come with a certain level of stress, but I feel like if you work for the United States Postal Service, FedEx, DHL, UPS, any kind of thing like that, you don't like it's, your volumes differ every day. Some days you got light days, you got 25k. That's easy Saturday shit. Some days you got 67k. That's a lot. Some days you got 100k, 150k going to be coming soon for the holidays. That's the holidays. 100k, 150k, 90k. That's too. That's a lot. That's when people gonna start having to be coming in and all these. Uh, parcel companies I just named, they're going to be coming in 10 o'clock at night to get stuff done by the next morning so they could be delivered. You know what I mean? To get, get on these trucks and get the fuck out of here. And you be drowning. So the, th- the thing is, um, tension is rising. There's always like some kind of, there's always going to be something. There's going to be supervisors. It's always, always something because things got to get done. Numbers got to get crunched. And there's always tensions. So there's always an issue. <sighs> now, I haven't been in too many issues, but lately it's just been stuff popping off. So when it does happen, like when things aren't going off and it's just like a heavy work day, it's like kind of boring. So when somebody does pop off, like this issue this week with these girls, like Felicia and these... (laughs) Felicia, my God, Shanique, Delia, I want to say it was Tisha, and I want to say Janae. Oh my gosh, these five, this shit, and all this shit was going on, it was brewing for months. Finally went to a head this week. But anytime stuff like that pop off and it's boring or it's a busy day and you're stressed and you're like, you're so overwhelmed and then something happens, that shit is like, oh shit, what's going on over there? Oh, yeah, okay, what's going on? It's like, you, you, you doing your work, you're doing your work. But you can't help but just be like, what's going on? So you know, you're looking over here like, yo, you saw that? What, the, like, what happened? You're going to find out what happened. But just shit just be popping off. It's always, in my, it's always, I don't know that there's a week that has gone by where there wasn't some shit. Some week, two bitches is talking, and next week, them bitches ain't talking at all. <laughs> it's like the funniest fucking shit. But so I'm off, right? I got to catch up on stuff. I gotta catch up on stuff. Um, I've been doing good at, with catching up with How to Get Away with Murder because this season of How to Get Away with Murder, before the first of all, first of all, first of all, how rude of me. I would like to say that this episode is really going to be, or I'm going to talk about um, signs that you're falling in love or how to know if you're falling in love with your child. <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> only reason I'm talking about it is because I saw an article about it and the person said that there's 12 signs or 12 telltale signs that you will see or experience when you have officially fallen in love and it's uh, official that you're in love. I, I only read the first one, and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to save this for Chapel's Corner because I have thoughts, I have opinions on feelings and how you know if you're a child. Listen, we're going to talk. We're we going to talk. Before, before we talk about that, let, let, me get, let me get to how to get away with murder and some other things. <clears throat> now, how to get away with murder. It's the last season. I've been watching since 2014 when the season dropped. I love Annalise. I fucks with AK. I love the whole... T- team, you know what I'm saying, her uh, students, everything. Um, amazing, the shit that this woman get away with. That's why show's called How to Get Away with Murder. But also, I always said all the time, I see why Annalise drink, especially with the shit she's just always constantly going through. Bitch, I'm into jail, bitch, I'm into rehab, bitch, I uh, got this barred. You know what I'm saying? The, all kind of body she got to help cover up. 
too much shit. Now this season is just getting more real. It's getting more real. And it seems like towards the end, Annalise have to die right now. Annalise, I don't want Annalise to die, but from the last episode that I seen, spoiler, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you're not watching, if you haven't watched you're not caught up. You know what I'm saying? Fast forward or whatever. But from what I seen in this episode, the last episode was um, they, they're foreshadowing to the next episode, which is supposed to be, I think, the season finale. And that's it. There's not gonna be no more how to get away murder. And she's out. She, she's she's uh, she's gonna fake her murder. She's gonna mess. She's gonna fake her death. That's what it's doing. So she's gonna fake her death. Now, when I think about this fake the death shit, I be telling people about this fake day death shit. I be telling people that that's been going on since the beginning of time. That's why when I be talking about Michael, I did this whole thing on like Michael's not dead and he done reappeared a few times. Uh, maybe not every time people think it was him in disguise. It wasn't him, but there were many times where it was him. And it was just undeniable. Um, people, some people believe, some don't. It's like some people know Tupac. Uh, is still alive and he faked his death too. You don't sit there and make 300, 500, and do all these damn songs and foreshadowing your death and then sit there to wait to fucking die. The man was just too smart for that, you know? People think stuff like that is impossible. It was not impossible. And so they were showing you in this level of like a district attorney doing so she has to do that because she's in a level of danger where uh, the Castillos, which is a powerful uh, family who's also uh, the, the, the related to one of her students, who's also now missing, they think they done took her and they trying to kill Demi, her whole team. She over there trying to get an order of protection to save her ass. And so now this order of protection, shit, this, this whole season, this order, now she's ordering, asking for the order of protection because she's like, they're going to kill me. Now she's going to fake her death so she can just get the fuck out of there. Made me think about my whole issue with my ex, right? Because... I got this order of protection. Now, this order of protection right now is only for six months, right? So I'm thinking, I already hit up the district attorney's office, and I was like, listen, this six months thing is like, listen, like, I need this longer. Like, what do I have to do to get it to be longer, like, years, if even? But to, like, pay money? Do I just come in and file? Like, what do I have to do? So <clears throat> the district attorney lady who was handling the case, who I've been talking to the whole time, she's like, oh, I'm going to need you to come and talk about the case. So now, the day I'm supposed to go in and talk about the case, I'm like, super beat. I told her too, I was like, <clears throat> it's after work, I'm be coming. I was like, I'm be barely making it, but I'm gonna make it. But probably an hour before, I said, listen, beat. Like, I can't. I was like, um, let's reschedule for, I think the following week, the same day, the same time. Now, do you know <clears throat> that too, she did, she did call me to reschedule either that Friday or the following Monday. I didn't return the call. Three days later, I was served with a subpoena. <laughs> Yo, I was served with a subpoena to go to the courthouse the next day at 9.30 in the morning to a certain division to see her and also in regards to testifying against my ex at trial. trial. So I'm like, there's no way trial is this fast or whatever. I'm livid because I'm like, how in the fuck is she going to subpoena me? I'm, my whole mind is how, now I'm on the how to get away with murder. I'm also a criminal justice major like, I know my rights. You, how the fuck are you gonna subpoena somebody that was just talking to you, who is a victim in the fucking case, who is more than willing to come and has been helping you build the case, sending you pictures of my face as the issue was had? How the fuck are you subpoenaing me? The last time I spoke to you, bitch, you know what I'm saying? Like I told you I couldn't make it and that we were gonna reschedule. You called me to tell me you got the message and to let you know which day and time was good for me. Next thing I know, two days later, I'm being subpoenaed. So I called her on the phone and I ripped this bitch open a new, what? On her voicemail. Her name is, um, well, I'm not gonna say her name, but I called her by her first name. And this was this one, I know that I'm just like on some AK, like not okay, but like, 
I know my race, yo, I don't give a fuck. I feel like my inner Annalise came out because I was just like, you got a lot of nerve. I said, how the hell are you going to subpoena you? I called her by her first name like I knew her, like me and her go went to high school. Like, girl. I said, I was talking to her, like, girl, I know you. I was like, I was like, as a matter of fact, I'm not coming. I was like, so come get me. Yo, I'm talking to her just like that. So if you got to come get me, come get me. I said, because I don't know how the justice system is going to come penalize that, that, that. She called me back. She was like, oh, my God. She was like, she, she was like, first of all, she was like, first of all, I apologize. She was like, that's not like a real subpoena. There isn't a court date tomorrow for him. Like, I was just going to be there at the courthouse. I just was trying to stress the urgency of needing you to come in. Yeah, because I know my fucking rights. That's, that's my whole point. Like, some people get shit and they get, I, my mom's like, you, you know, you should go run, go in. Uh-uh, I caught this bitch because I know, you know, and I say, there's no way. I, and then I told her. I said, I was just speaking to you. Um, last week, when the fuck did you ever mention, yeah, talking like that to people. First of all, this is the DA's office. I don't give a fuck. When you're talking to lawyers, they're thugs in suits. As far as I'm concerned, the same thing with politicians. They're just like professional thugs in suits. They don't deal with murder people. They don't deal with all kind of fucking monsters. This is not her first time at the fucking rodeo. And the bitch reminds me of Michaela from How to Get Away with Murder. When I finally met her, I was like, yo, this is like Michaela. Fast forward in 20 years. <laughs> she looked like Michaela. That ass, like Michaela vibes. This black, like a Oreo black girl, you know, very prissy and just, you know what I'm saying, just chocolate like Michaela. Just, I like her though. <clears throat> now. She was like, I was just trying to, you know, stress it because it's important that I talk to you because it's a very serious charges and also, um, you know, you know, you want to, ex you know, extend this and that. I just need to talk to you and da da da. Boom. So I was like, right, right, I rescheduled the thing and I went to went to go see her, and um, it worked out as far as like us meeting down and sitting down and shit. But I was like, you ain't even gonna try. How dare the court of the law? Ah. Y'all gonna have to come get me, nigga. You gonna, you, if not, then you're gonna be in contempt and the violation, the criminal fucking section. What? Kiss my ass, somebody. You know. Oh, where are we? Oh, <laughs> love, love, <laughs> love, Chapel's Corner, love. <laughs> Everybody say love. <laughs> How to tell when you're in love or signs that um, <clears throat> you might be in love. I'm going to be talking about that after I take um, a break. So I'll see you all in a little bit after the break. All right. How do you know when you're in love? 12 feelings you'll experience when it's real, according to Jordan White. Now, I don't know. When I was younger, obviously a younger, young and dumb, any child, I don't know. You feel some type of way, they kissed you, you know, you you know, you start to realize in time there's, you know, infatuation and then there's love and there's strong like and you know, you you, you know, you, you even now to these days you say feelings, you know, you everybody tries to say anything but love as if they're not trying to sound stupid too early or too clingy or emotional or whatever, right? The L word <laughs> So Everybody describes the feeling of love in different ways, too, like knowing. I've seen people say, uh, in memes say things like, they looking for love that feels like 90s R&B, you know? Something that, I guess, gives them some type of a feeling, you know? Some people just know when they know. When they, or if you ask different people, how did you know? You know, they have, like, a different way of saying it, but 
According to Jordan White, there are 12 signs and 12 feelings. Now, I'm just going to jump into the first one. She said, you finally understand love. Um, hmm. Does anyone, does anyone, does, what the, what the hell is there? To, you finally understand love. Before I begin, what is there to understand about, what is there, what else do you need to know about love except for that it hurts and it's painful? Yeah, yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it can be nice and all of that. But if you think of love in any kind of way, once you begin to care and love anything or anyone, a level of, you're going to get hurt at some point or way or whatever. I had a woman in my church once tell me, and this was a woman who was married um, twice. Her first husband had passed away, and she married again and was happy, and I think he ended up passing away. She was an older lady, like I said. And she had children and grandchildren. And she said to me, I don't know what we were talking about, but, they, you know, old women always have jewels of wisdom. And she said to me, um, two people that's going to walk all over you in your life, two people you're going to, you know, two sets of people you're going to love in your life is going to walk all over you. She said, is your husband? She said, and your children. She said, going to walk all over your heart. You know what I mean? She said, you're going to love them to death. You're going to do everything, you know what I'm saying, for them and all of that. But she said, there's always going to be little ways that they just walk all over your heart. And I don't care if it's a friendship. I don't care if it's whatever it is. I even if, like, your coworkers, if your favorite, like, every, at some point, when you just begin to care and love. And my understanding of love, period, is that love hurts. Love, you know, come on. Give me a damn break, you know? You know? Don't make me start singing, you know, rock songs on y'all asses. What is there to understand? So she says, you finally understand love. Hmm. Words like soul made, always made you roll your eyes in disgust. And it still does. You don't believe there was one perfect person for everyone. And while I do, and while you still might not be 100% convinced, you now understand what it's like to find someone who makes you feel complete. Your partner isn't perfect, but being with them makes you feel pretty damn flawless. Hmm, I guess if you found your soulmate and it's truly your soulmate, then yes, you can understand what it was that everybody was talking about. But I've also been there, thinking that I found my soulmate, thinking that I finally understand love, and that is true, and everyone does have one. And guess what? The fucking asshole was not my soulmate. So it's like, you can go to that feeling that, and then sink right back down to reality and realize that, uh... You wasn't in love, and that wasn't a feeling of love, you know? I'm, I'm starting to realize at 34, like, I'm start, I'm, and I'm going to be 35 soon. I'm starting to realize that at 34, I'm smart enough to know that anything these days that feels like love to me can easily be written off as gas, cramps, heartburn. No, no, listen, listen. Indigestion, bloat, uh, hell. It might even be constipation, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of things that people confuse for a feeling of love. Shit, the hell, you, PMS. <laughs> There's a number of things that can explain it. So she says, you'll know, too, you'll feel their pain. Um, sweetheart, I'm an empath, and I feel like I feel everyone's pain. I had to stop watching New York One News because it would seriously drain me out and just suck me dry. I honestly don't even understand how therapists do it. Because even therapists need a therapist. How the fuck you sit here all day fucking do... Listen, at some point if I was a therapist, listening to people complain all day long about I don't care anything from their, their kids, their job, their significant other, their terrible sex life, 
their hairy toes, anything that they're sitting there crying to me about all fucking day, or I don't give a fuck how big my paycheck is, how big my house is, how nice my car is. I know one thing, why you're talking, bitch? All I'm doodling is my fucking grocery list, my to-do list for the fucking week, and I'm probably gonna probably be trying to sketch out some outfit or some shit that I'm trying to wear for the weekend. That's what the fuck I'm gonna be doing on the fucking pad and collecting fucking, I don't know, $3,000 a fucking hour. Then go to my therapist and talk to him about how, I, I, how terrible of a job I'm doing taking care of you motherfuckers because I just don't care anymore. Oh, you feel their pain. I feel, you, you don't get, bitch, hey, you know how many people's in relationships trying to feel their significant other's pain? That does not mean that you've fallen in love. Now, if you can't empathize with people, you just might be a sociopath because, you know, sociopaths, they don't feel anything at all. But to say that you could feel someone's pain is a sign of love, let me, let me just give her a chance. Let me just... Shut up, Chapo. Read the article, cause you didn't write shit. You're just talking shit. You know, like <laughs> let's just read. <laughs> oh, what's that? Two, you feel their pain <clears throat> when they're upset. You're upset, even when their struggle has nothing to do with you. You take it upon yourself to try to fix the problem. They're your partner, and you're connected. That means their problem is your problem, and their stress is your stress, and vice versa. Of course, but I see that every day. I see women trying to be miss, you know, trying to fix a broken man. I see men trying to fix broken people every day. I see people trying to absorb other people's pain or, or understand their pain and feel their pain to the point that the other person's pain takes them the fuck out. You know what I mean? So, uh, and possibly even destroys them. But yeah. So, uh, three. Or, or I should say four. Yeah, she said, um, you're comfortable around their family. Hmm. Man, there's plenty of people got comfortable around my family. Well, now nah, I would say plenty of people, but I didn't bring too many people home to be my, meet my family. But even some people could meet you if it doesn't, means that you probably taking a relationship in a serious direction. But I don't know necessarily that, you know, you feel because you feel comfortable there that you're in love. She says, let's be honest, most families aren't shipping uh, relationships until there's a ring on someone's finger. Even though they're not talking about marriage yet, there's still that level of comfort. You spend a lot of time around each other. They know you, and you know them enough to want them in your life forever. So you're falling in love because you feel comfortable around his family. Five, <clears throat> you can spend time doing nothing. Your idea of a hot date is doing nothing but sitting on the couch. You don't feel like you need to get dressed up and see the sights every weekend. You'd rather stay in, eat junk food, enjoy each other's company. You appreciate quiet time when you're with your bae, and that means you're in love. If you weren't, you'd be out and about most nights. Hmm. <clears throat> your idea of a hot date night. Your idea, I mean, I gotta go, no, 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 no. They taught me in, in college, and before I took the SATs and the LSATs, they taught me you have to reread what the fuck you just read. Now, your idea of a hot date night so she's talking about this is her idea of a hot date night. When you're, when you're falling in love, your hot date night has now become doing nothing and sitting on the couch. That at this point, you don't feel the need to get dressed up and see, you know what, this sounds to me like you've gotten comfortable and you're starting to let yourself go. No, <laughs> no, but you have gotten comfortable. Um, just because you can sit around and chill and be comfortable with somebody, I mean, you could be falling in love, but I don't see that as, I just don't know, I just don't see that as a sign of falling in love or that you're in love. Because you could just be able to chill comfortably with anybody, your homeboy, whatever, or somebody that you are dating, but they still have ways about them, but y'all still could just chill, Netflix and chill, you know what I'm saying, like grab bites, eat, stay in type thing. And, you know, yes, you could consider that a hot date if you're the type of person that wants to stay inside, yeah. You could still say, yeah, that's a hot date to me, in my opinion, ideal-wise, I guess. But 
to me, that's not a sign like y'all falling. We're falling in love because we don't get up and go out and about anymore. We stay home every night, so that's a sign. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna, you know, some people, everyone's had their opinion. You know, she's out of hers. I'm out of mine. Six. <clears throat> you can't believe you've ever loved before. Remember when you were head over heels for an asshole who played lacrosse? Um, where I'm, where I'm from, uh, in, in my neck, of my, in, the, in the guys I date, don't even know how to spell lacrosse. Uh, you know, so <laughs> like the guys I've dated, don't, that, <laughs> I don't. I let alone probably know what the fuck the sport is, let alone know what to where to do it or what, you know what I'm saying? Like sports equipment they use to play it. So like, <laughs> we had a lacrosse team in high school. I just know there's a stick or a little hand net thing, some kind of shit you gotta go put. Listen, I don't understand the concept, okay? But yeah, she said, remember when you were head over heels for that asshole who played lacrosse? It's crazy to look back at that now because you realize how wrong you were. Your definition of love was distorted. Yeah, your definition of love was distorted until you found your partner. That's how you know your love is real. You can't even compare. Hold on. No, no, no. This, she might have a point here. You can't even compare this love to anything else. Nothing comes close. Now, I do believe that this message is for people who have been out of relationships and probably feel like, you know, they... You can meet somebody, you can meet people, you're always going to meet others, always going to be If you give yourself a chance, if you have love left in you, you know what I'm saying, and you socialize, you'll meet somebody. But there will be people that you'll meet even if they don't stay in your life forever, and that will make you feel like, I'm really happy that um, I'm meeting new people that's showing me like, like there are different types of guys out there or that they're not like my ex or whatever or that. When I thought I let him go or that we broke up, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really wouldn't find another nice guy, but there are nice guys out here, even if they did. Yeah, it is good to do that. But if you meet someone and they make you feel like every other guy, like, you don't really question anymore any reason why the fuck shit didn't work out anymore with anybody to the point that if you see them, you see them, but you're not, like, initiating contact with anybody. I mean, if you see them, if they contact you, you might say, hey, how you doing? Everything's well. How's your family? Because you probably were familiar with their family. But to the point that... You're not thinking anymore what went wrong or what they're doing now, whatever. You're really just like, man, I'm happy that all those relationships failed because I see now they had to fail in order for me to have been with you. And this is if this is truly the person's soulmate in your love. Yes, I do agree. That is a sign. She got one. Yes, we got one. We're all, we're all right. Come on, sister. Moving on. She said you strive to be better. Yes, I do believe that um, when you're falling in love with someone or especially someone that is healthy for you in ways you will strive to be better. I believe that anybody that does bring out the best in you or makes you want to be the best version of yourself or inspires you, whether they're doing it directly or indirectly, or you just want to, I don't know, you know, it's not even about to impress them. It's just like, you know, yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? The same way when men change for women, some do. And they don't change because a woman asks them to. They change because they're falling in love and they're realizing that maybe the woman has a certain type of standard or something. They don't want to do something, so they decide to change something. And the biggest, um, I feel like the, the best representation of that in visual to me is Greece, okay? Because you had John Travolta's character and then you had um, Sandra D. But Sandra D was like the good girl, but he was conflicted because he had his like little bad boy role. But when he met her in the summer, like he was all in her face, it was in love. like. 
she got to the school. He had no idea she was going to move to his area, go to her school. You know what I'm saying? But all of a sudden, she was like, well, what happened to the guy that I met that summer? And even though he was still feeling that way, he still had to put on a front for his boys. And she started to realize, like, he's a jerk. And some of the pink ladies was playing games to kind of amp her up because bitches play games, you know, whatever. And um, eventually, it came to a point where Sandy said, I'm tired. So they both had to make a decision. You know what I'm saying? And so Sandy decided to bring out I wouldn't say her inner sex bitch, but she said, how do I bring out this inner sex bitch? Because it seems like all he wanted to respond to was inner sex bitch. Meanwhile, she don't know. He over there talking about, damn, I know I love Sandy. I know I care about Sandy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm bugging. It's all because I'm trying to put on front for these niggas, but maybe I put this leather jacket down and I put on this leather sweater. You know what I'm saying? This leather little sweater fucking jock shit on and try to be that man that Sandy wants me to be. But not necessarily because Sandy said, listen, Diamond, she ain't do that shit. At some point they fought, she understood he wasn't gonna be that. She still loved him, hopelessly devoted. Yes, child, I love Grease. Grease is fab, honey. Okay, we love Rydell High. And so, yes, and so, yeah, that to me was like the best representation of it. When you, it, but they'll make you want to change. It doesn't have to be just, that was a high school story, you know what I mean? But you know, got to change. <clears throat> your partner makes you feel confident in yourself, which makes you want to be the person of your dreams. They're your safety net. You know they'll always be there to catch you when you fall and lift your right back up. You're not afraid to take chances anymore, and that's because you're in love, okay? They make you feel confident in yourself. You should always be confident in yourself first, I feel. But she says they make you feel confident in yourself, which makes you want to be the person of your dreams, okay? <clears throat> knowing that someone will always be there. You know what I'm saying? Now, um, hmm. knowing that someone will always be there. I don't know that someone will always be there. For me, do you know what I'm saying? Like everybody, yeah, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I do have this, I do have this problem of just completely, even if the guys, it, I've had men inspire me directly and indirectly, but I would don't never feel really 100% comfortable to depend on any man in my mind yet to be there. I don't, ex I don't have those expectations. So I guess, yeah, what she's saying is when you could finally feel that way, yeah, true. Um, I agree. I agree. So I guess uh, that's two. Eight, you know their schedule. Um, you could also be a stalker and no one's schedule. It's know someone's schedule. And even stalkers are technically in love with someone or have fallen in love with someone. It's just a toxic love. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah, people could love you. It's just it's the, what kind of love are they do? How are they delivering that love? You know what I'm saying? Are they abusive? Are they, like, emotionally abusive? Are they manipulative? You know what I'm saying? Are they stalkerish? You know their schedule. You know the time they get off work, when they have a doctor's appointment, and when they're meeting their friends for dinner. To put it simply, you know their schedule better than they do. And that's not because you're a control freak. Then, then she puts in parentheses, okay, maybe a little. It's because you're in love and therefore want to know what your partner is, where your partner is every second of the day. There's nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely something wrong with that. <laughs> every second of the day. You know, at some point, if, there's a, if this person is the person that she's describing as your soulmate and the person that you said uh, makes you don't wonder anymore about past relationships and all of that shit, then, I mean, if you want to talk to them all day long, I get that. But needing to know where somebody is every second of the day is a deal breaker for me. Shut it down. Moving on. You don't feel the need to rush. You two are on the... You two are 
on your own time frame. You don't feel the need to rush your relationship and neither does your partner. That's a pretty good sign that love is real. Neither of you needs to prove your love to the world with a rush engagement or tons of flirty pictures on Instagram. Uh, my friend's brother and his now wife were that couple who were that confident and secure and everybody knew it and they knew it and they were together. They've been together forever since their first child. They had like two more kids together. They moved in together. They, they were, I mean, like the, they were together since they were in high school, like loved each other. And everybody said, why don't you just get married already? And they were like, we love each other. We know we're not going anywhere. Why do we need a piece of it? And it's not even that he didn't want to marry her so that he wouldn't give her a wedding. It's just that on, they were on their own page. And then finally one day, after like 10 years of being together, maybe 12, they were like, guys, we're getting married. And everybody was like, oh my God, even me. Like I was in college, we were in, I was in college by that time, but everybody showed up for that. And everybody said the same thing. I can't believe you guys finally got married. <laughs> But there is this, yeah, there is, there is something, like me, when I get married, I don't want to, I don't want nobody to marry me under no ultimatum either. Like, I don't want to have to be like, well, we've been together all this time, and you still haven't produced a ring, and are we going to get married or not? Like, I don't want to be a bitch who is getting married, and the week of my wedding, I'm, I'm sure you, every bitch is a bridezilla, but I don't want to be dead ass cursing the fuck out of my fiance, like, raging with you, like, you're so annoying, get out of my face, right? Like, the week of my wedding. To me, that's not love. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love you. Yeah, I, mean, I, could, I could be stressed. I could be nervous. I could have cold feet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could be thinking, having second thoughts because that's just normal. But for me to just, like, you know, at some point during the week, like, the man that I'm supposed to spend the rest, the rest of my life with, we're already arguing like we've been together 50 years. And, you know, and sometimes the guys aren't doing anything at all. I've seen, I've seen some bridezillas that were respectable. I've seen bridezillas that was just like, damn, like, you're just violating this nigga. The day of the wedding, even before they come out, like, what is he doing? Why is he standing over there? That, damn, if your attitude is like that on your wedding day towards your nigga, like, <laughs> y'all don't need to be getting married. And I don't want no ultimatum wedding where he's like, finally, like, even if he wants to, it's like, fine. I'll, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to be surprised if I'm ever proposed to. I want to be like, I don't give a fuck where it happens at. I don't give a fuck. I just want to be the type of bitch that, like, yeah, I, I would be open to it. Probably was discussed a while ago, so we understood that that's where direction would head if it works. And then one day, just be surprised. That's my personal. Uh, probably will never happen, but <laughs> a girl could dream. So, um, and yeah, she's like, and y'all private. And for as far as like you know, you don't no rush engagement and no bunch of flirty pictures. Like you gotta prove something to everybody because y'all already is content. I agree. Ten. You're comfortable sharing everything. <clears throat> Do you two live together? That means you share everything. Your closet space, food, dishes, the list goes on and on. When you're younger, you used to hate sharing space, especially with roommates. But your partner isn't a roommate. They're your partner, and you love them, and you love them enough to want them all up in your space. That's what she says. For a while, I guess, and then, I don't know. Eleven, you're always thinking of their best interests. Regardless of where you're going or what you're doing, you're always thinking of them. Before you pick a restaurant, <clears throat> you make sure it's somewhere they like. Before you yell during a fight, you make sure your words aren't too hurtful. You consider their interests and feelings for everything, and that's because you're in love and no longer think selfishly. She says, um, 12, and lastly, you feel lucky. You know your love is real when you feel lucky to be with your partner. Seriously, how many people have you dated that weren't good enough for you? And you knew it, right? Not this time though. You know you're dating someone just as good as you, if not better. That's exactly how it should be. And so she says, you know love's real when you feel lucky. Child, I don't know people that felt lucky and only find out later just how unlucky. Listen, I done told you, at 34, I'm smart enough to know 
and anything that feels like love to me can easily be written off as indigestion, gas, heartburn, cramps, bloat, inebriation from some drug or alcohol, from some libation, and it all might even be constipation, but it's something that's passing, and I don't know, but I, I mean, other than, you know, looking into my dog's eyes and gazing into her wonderful eyes, <laughs> like, I see love there. I see unconditional love there. And I get it from my mama. But, you know, and they got it back for me. But I don't know. It's just like, you know. Oh, you think you're in love? That just might be a sneeze coming on, sis. Like, don't be fooled. Just like, I just, ain't saying you ain't in love. I don't know your life. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is, don't. What I'm saying is you got to read these things and you got to take them all in stride like how I do. Entertainment purposes, take some from it, what can work from you, and, you know, some of it just towards out. Because if some people just use these things and follow them like an instruction child, you're going to think you in love every day because y'all, you're able to chill comfortably in the crib with the guy and he don't want to go out nowhere, so y'all in love. No. You know, some of these things on the list is just like, okay, you feel lucky. Any girl could just feel lucky to be with a guy because she might, she could just have insecurity issues and just think that, okay, well, maybe, wow, you know, he's a good-looking guy, probably the best guy I've dated, a good-looking guy. You know, people have insecurities. I'm lucky to date him because he's just so good-looking. Meanwhile, just because he's good-looking, he could be a fucking jerk. So you can't say because someone feels lucky to be with a guy. You know what I'm saying? Hey, maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know, so, mm, great article, I guess. And she's entitled to her opinions. You know, I always got mine. She had a bitch reserves all rights to have an opinion. I am one opinionated bitch, you know. I can't help it. And I never claim to be sane. So take everything I say in stride as well. <laughs> because I am not a licensed professional. And I just know that one day, if y'all ain't even report me to uh, the service of the uh, mental health people, you probably, they gonna kick my door. They all oh, let me not stay kick my door, child. They gonna come get me and put me in a straitjacket. Haul me off. Haul me off to some psych ward in the padded room. Because one of you done called and finally turned me in. Mm, mm, mm. See you all next time with Chopper's Conscious.